As a business owner, a big part of what drives your success is not necessarily the strategies you use. Success is often down to mindset. And I've invited my friend and fellow business coach, Miranda, on today to talk about self-leadership and self-motivation. Today, we dive into connecting your purpose to a higher value, self-awareness, and the habits that will guide you forward and what self-leadership looks like inside of your business. Listen in and get ready to learn. I'm so excited to share this episode with you. Well, hi there. I'm Sarah Glanfield. I'm a business and marketing strategist just for boutique fitness studio owners like you. If you're ready to be inspired and make a bigger impact, you're in the right place. All you need are a few key strategies, the right mindset, and some support along the way. Join me as I share the real life insights that will help you grow a sustainable and profitable studio. This is the Pilates Business Podcast. Welcome back to the Pilates Business Podcast. I'm Saran and I am thrilled that you're here with me today. And today I'm super excited because I am joined by the amazing Miranda Von Fricken. She is a speaker, coach, and strategist. She actually specializes in LinkedIn networking, leadership, and branding. Now, I invited Miranda onto the podcast today because she has such an incredible background. She's a certified life coach. She actually earned her master's in motivation and professional development, and she studied the science of happiness at Yale. She's 2020's Women of Achievement Award recipient in the category of women's empowerment and is an incredibly positive force in her local and online communities. And I know that you guys are all going to love the conversation we're about to have. Welcome, Miranda. Hello. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Oh my goodness. I am thrilled. Now I gave folks a little bit of insight into what you do right now, but your journey to get here has been winding like everyone's. There's always twists and turns along the way. So I would love if you could just give us a quick overview of kind of how your journey in the business world has brought you to where you are today. Of course. Happy to. All right. So long story short, it was a spring day when I was born. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) There's no long, there's no short stories when you were dealing with me. Hilarious. All right. All right. So, um, I graduated college with a bachelor's in communication thinking I would be a broadcast journalist. So my passion has always been being on stage and sharing stories. Right. So when I entered the nine to five world, because you can't just graduate college and become a celebrity, apparently that's not a thing. Um, so I got a job and I started working in a college where I was a career director, helping adult students navigate LinkedIn, their resumes, figuring out how to interview. So I really enjoyed helping people find their professional fit, right? And align that to who they are as an individual. Within my time there, it took about seven years or so, I was a career director. I was certified as a life coach. I earned my master's in motivation. I have been doing a lot more public speaking, speaking at other colleges, speaking in corporate America, talking to employees about professional development. And it, it's funny, it was early 2000, and I was never really uh, an entrepreneur. I didn't grow up around entrepreneurs. So for me, I in my head, I had to keep my J-O-B, right? I needed the security I needed to actually, <laughs> I needed to have like benefits and stuff. 
Um, but I didn't realize that entrepreneurship was really what my life was called to. So after uh, a few layoffs in corporate America, after the education side of my job, I went into um, talent in HR. So talent development, leadership development, and I loved every second of it. But that's really where I got the bug for LinkedIn. It really like kind of consumed my skill set was growing this company I worked for on LinkedIn. So my brand took off, personal brand, the company's professional brand took off. And again, speaking now, not only on the professional side of things, but how to brand yourself individually. Um, in that space, it was as a nine to fiver looking for your next opportunity. But for me, it was slowly moving me into the world of entrepreneurship and creating a personal brand for myself. Um, and I loved it. So after four layoffs, and I will not give you all the juicy details, but they are <laughs> emotional. <laughs> after four layoffs, I finally said, all right, God, I hear you. Like, I'm not meant to be in this space. Um, so I, I followed my calling and took my side hustle and made it a full-time um, experience for myself. And it's been about, I'd say about three years I've been doing this full-time. I have been doing it as a side hustle for about 10 years. So I have been coaching and strategizing and speaking for what feels like forever, but it's been only about three or four years I've been doing it full time, earning my my own life as creating it as I go and earning financial freedom based on you know the values I have for myself. So yeah, I'm a reformed nine to fiver turned super excited entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. I love it. Well, it's fantastic that you're here. And you mentioned um something so I think something that I just picked up on was you mentioned about how you, even in the corporate world that you were in, that personal brand was still so important, right? And we often think of branding as being either a company thing um, or something that you do when you are a business. Um, but the reality is that it doesn't matter whether you are a business owner, you are in someone else's business as well. You have a personal brand, right? Which we can choose to lean into and cultivate, right? And if we do, then, you know, then you have more, I say, probably more power to be able to drive where you want to go inside of as in your career and life. Is that absolutely people buy you know, partner with, collaborate with people they know, like, and trust, right? So right. They, they don't know, like, and trust your widget that you sell, right? Like mm -hmm. they may know it because you're like, we're not branding, like I've got this highlighter in my finger, but you can't tell it's in my hand. But like, if I'm talking about this highlighter, cool, it's a cool highlighter. But if I tell you why I love this highlighter and why, you know, it, it works for me in my business and it's changed the trajectory of my life and my calling because of this highlighter, you're all buying this highlighter. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. that's just kind of how it works. So same with personal branding, whether you're an entrepreneur or, you know, have a big corporation or, or a nine to fiver, it, everybody should have a personal brand because eventually somebody else may hire you. Eventually you may get laid off like I did and need to find your next opportunity. Every next job that I got was because somebody knew me on LinkedIn and was like, oh my God, you're available. Holy crap. Like, can you do for us what you just did for that company? And I'm like, sure. So they were hiring me, buying into me, not because they needed to fill a role, but because they wanted what I had to offer. And then when you become a business owner and you perhaps start your own business, oftentimes what I've seen, I, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts, is that that brand, that the business that you start becomes, is really an extension of your 
personal brand oftentimes. Yeah. Especially if you're a solopreneur or you kind of, it's like a small business, like a lot of your listeners are small business owners and it may be just them or maybe them and like a small team. Um, But obviously people go to their businesses because they want what they have to offer, but there's probably a couple competitors in a five mile radius that they could go to. They're going to you because they know you, they like and trust you. They recognize your brand and word of mouth is still a part of your personal brand, right? Your testimonials, the experiences somebody else has. So when people often say to me on LinkedIn, like you do humble bragging so well, I'm like, I sure do because (laughs) I need people to know. I need you to know that like other people are getting success with me. And that's a part of my brand too, the celebration piece, not only for my clients, but for myself as well. And people want a part of that energy. Like it is a personal brand, but it's still an energy that you can sense and feel from a different woman, especially when it's a woman owned business, right? Like, yeah, I don't want to work with a robot. I want to work with a human who has the same ups and downs that I do, maybe has 18 kids. You know what I mean? Like I don't have 18 kids, but, (laughs) (laughs) but if I feel like, we have something in common. I'm more apt to work with you. And the only way you'll know that is if I talk about my story and make it my brand. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Now, so one of the challenges that I see is that we tend to, or studio owners that I work with and and teachers tend to rely on non-personal brand reasons. So things like pricing, location, um, to sort of as, as a reason why perhaps their business isn't doing what they want it to do um, or they're not seeing the success that they want. Um, and, you know, I'm a big, you know, I, I work with a lot of my, my studio owners on, on developing their brand and their messaging and their brand promise and all of those things, because that is truly what helps studio owners to, to stand apart from others and to, really, you know, like you said, create that relationship with their, with the community and with their clients. Um, so why is it that we avoid <laughs> leaning into our own brand as a distinguishing factor and rather just say, oh, it's because the price isn't right? Um, well, it's a little insecurity, right? To be honest, right? So it could be part insecurity, part self-sabotage. Some of the things that we do in our own mind that, that kind of hold us back it could be fear. Like people may not create a personal brand because they don't they don't know like and trust themselves. I know that sounds crazy. And your people are probably like, who is this chick? I love myself, right? Maybe you do and you're awesome. But I find that some people have a hard time building that personal brand and attaching their lack of success to other more obvious, tangible things, right? Personal brands take a while to to build and it takes consistency and it, t- it does take confidence, right? I'm sure they they know what they have to deliver is great, but they also may not have the skill set. To, to create that personal brand. So that's why working with a coach or working with you, someone who's exactly what they need because you do what they do and you build a personal brand, right? So they know that if they're getting that expertise from someone else, they're learning it, then they'll have more confidence, right? So it really comes down to building that confidence in your story. And yeah, I totally get it, right? If you're if you're charging a million dollars a session, I'm probably not going to your studio, right? I just, I just can't right. afford you. <laughs> I get that. <laughs> but maybe go but, find those millionaires who can't afford you because right. it's a very niche market. But you know, like if you say my the environment or the you know location isn't exactly where it needs to be, okay, so find a way to get a new location or make the current location more desirable. 
you can walk into a place, maybe not in the best neighborhood, but if you walk in and feel like you're in a castle because of the colors, the smells, the people who greet you at the front door, like people are coming. I don't care. Like they're coming. So it doesn't have to be the most glamorous place. It probably just needs to be clean. (laughs) It needs to smell good. Yes, exactly. (laughs) People need to walk out with success, feeling awesome. Feeling awesome. Which is about the experience, right? And if and and it's over and over again. It's that it's the experience that people come back for more and more and more in, in businesses, you know, across the board, for sure. Okay, so you work a ton with folks who are making that transition between the corporate world into entrepreneurship, right? And there's a lot of um, sort of that's, that's a big transition. <laughs> Having done very it myself, emotional. it's very emotional. <laughs> yes. And it's, yeah, there's a lot more uncertainty, which I think takes a lot of deep work to be very, to get comfortable with. And as an entrepreneur, you know, we are, um, we are responsible for our own success, right? We can't turn around and be like, well, my boss didn't tell me to do that. So, you know, you're the boss. Um, (laughs) So you, I know that you have, um, like I mentioned earlier, you have studied motivation. Um, and one of the things I know that you know a lot about is self-leadership. So tell me a little bit about what that means and what that looks like. Yeah, so self-leadership is one of my favorite topics to speak on. I used to teach people how to lead teams, right? And and I, I realized that you can't lead other people if you can't lead yourself, right? Like, I feel like that's a prerequisite to actually hiring a, a people manager. And I remember one of the companies I worked for, Somebody got promoted into people leadership and they were like, all right, so who's training me now to be a manager? I've never done this before. And we're like, oh no, we just threw them in the fire. And I was like, holy crap. Like just because you're a great individual contributor doesn't mean you necessarily can be a great manager or or people leadership, right? So I, because of my background, um, I I created a leadership program for these up and coming leaders, but it started with self-leadership. So half the program was about them leading themselves. And it was so valuable because it's just like a light bulb kind of flicks on and you're like, oh my gosh, like, of course I can't lead others if I'm a mess, right? <laughs> you know? Or your confidence to lead isn't there. You may not be a mess, but there may be things that, you know, you're not so confident with in yourself. So when I do self-leadership programs or I speak or teach on it, I go from awareness to abundance, right? So it starts with self-awareness and we have what I call the inner and the outer self. And I focus the inner self. We do some work and talking on our personal values, some non-negotiables that we can attach to these values. We talk about what motivates you because not everybody's motivated by money, right? The carrot or the stick kind of situation. Some people are motivated by fear you're going to lose your job or in business. Let's talk because our listeners here are business owners, right? So, you know, if you are motivated by not losing your business, <laughs> that may be what you need to focus on to get, you know, your butt in gear uh, to, to do that branding piece. But if you're more motivated to just change the lives of every woman who walks in the door, your branding and your message may be completely different than the other works that we spoke about. So um, figuring out what motivates you really helps us to create that personal brand and lead yourself better and lead others if that is end up what you end up doing. Um, we talk about black right? Because what motivates us, there may also things that shut us down, right? There may be some things that really mess with us internally. Um, and we need to work through them or learn how to go around them, right? So we'll talk a lot about those are the, just some of like that inner self work that I, I teach people. 
was going to ask you. So tell me, I want to, I want to learn a little bit more about what, what do you see holding people back? What are those blocks that you, what are the sort of the most ones you see most often? In entrepreneurship, I see a lot of blocks that have to do with, (laughs) can I swear on this? (laughs) It's just the S word. Okay. (laughs) I just want to make sure like you're categorized as adult language. I'm getting (laughs) Um, sometimes we, these are excuses. So I play this game with my clients called legit or bullshit. (laughs) Is this a legit excuse slash obstacle? Cause then it's not really an excuse. It's an obstacle we have to find a resource for, right? Or is it, um, a bullshit excuse and which has a lot to do with our mindset, something we've told ourselves, our limiting beliefs, something somebody else has told us. I mean, in entrepreneurship, somebody can say to you, why are you doing that? That's, that's stupid. And the next thing you know, you're like in your head, oh, it's stupid. Why am I doing this? I shouldn't be doing this. I can't do this, right? So that a lot is like outside factors really influencing our inside motivation and it becomes a block. And so sometimes self-sabotage takes over. You know, I, I sometimes find women who are like, I could never set my goals to a million dollars this year. And I'm like, why? They're like, I don't know. I've never seen a million dollars before. And I'm like, I don't know where I heard this, but I heard on a, on a show or something somewhere where there's like a million dollars within like a three block radius from all of us, right? There's a bank, there's a rich person, like there's a million dollars in my vortex. I'm gonna call that in right now. You know what I mean? So there, <laughs> it's closer than we think. It's closer than you think. Absolutely. It's closer than you think. You just, I mean, first you need to make the first hundred thousand to get to the million, but and there's little steps, but if you can't even see yourself making a million dollars in business, how are you going to make fifty thousand dollars? You know what I mean? Like how? So it's a lot of these mental blocks because we've never seen it before. But there's a lot of women around us making a million dollars, and we can't be them tomorrow, but we can be them in time. So it's a lot of excuses. I find um, a lot of mindset issues, but you know what? A lot of women try to go it alone, and I think that is. That's probably the biggest problem, the biggest hurdle that I actually ran into years ago. I mean, I've been a side hustler, quote unquote, you know, for 15 years. Well, the first 10, if I had a coach that said to me, why do you still have a day job? Like, what what are you doing? You're wasting your time. Like I was a a life coach before life coaching was cool. Now, like everybody's a life coach at this point, you know, Um, I was doing branding before it was called branding. Like it probably was in corporate America, but you know, I was doing all, if somebody had said to me, like, this is hot, this is where you need to focus your energy. I probably would not be working out of my home office. I'd probably have a big building somewhere. Or, or from my jet. I'd be working on my private jet. You know? That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So going it alone is one of the bigger problems too that I find. Oh my goodness. Because you just end up spiraling. Yeah. You waste a you lot know. of money. As crazy as it sounds, and people may be like, yeah, right, you're crazy. Like you waste a lot of money trying to go it alone because you'll buy things you don't need. You will invest in workshops that you don't use. Or I can't tell you how many programs I purchase that I'm like, I have on a post-it somewhere, like take these programs. And I'm like, that's like eight grand right there. I just spent and never utilized. So right. I think just hire the person, right? Yeah. Hire the yeah. person, stick with the person. You hire them because you know, like, and trust them. You believe they can get you to wherever you're trying to go. Stick with them, trust them, lean on each other. And it'll just, you'll make more money in the long run. You'll save lots of money, right? It's, yeah. <laughs> and I have there. to say, there's like an element of like shared responsibility <laughs> as well, which is kind of nice. You know, um, do you, you know, 
So yes, definitely find the people. So the inner blocks obviously are there and that's something that everybody, it's an individual thing, right? Everybody is in a different place, starting from a different place, going to a different place. So they're going to have different blocks, different things that are going to hold them back. Um, okay. So what else, what else want you, once you kind of perhaps have awareness for some of those things, perhaps you work through some of those blocks, um, how do you kind of continue to then lead yourself and stay motivated? Because there is like, we do see, you know, it does sort of ebb and flow, you know, there's going to be some, I mean, I certainly feel it. there are some weeks, some months, and I see it in my clients and my studio owners as well, which are some, some weeks are tougher than others for no reason that you can really put your finger on. Um, that's the devil. No, I'm kidding. Right. <laughs> that's the devil I play. <laughs> now, those are the times you have to actually lean in harder. I know it sounds crazy. And I, I too, I, I have a master's in motivation. I am crazy. I eat Red Bull for breakfast or drink it. Like I am like the peppiest person I know, but there are still times where I'm like, ugh, I can't, I can't even get off the couch right now and go post something motivational, but that's when you have to, it's kind of like working out, right? So working out, I'm usually hot or cold with, with this too. One minute I'm doing a tough mutter, the next minute I'm eating a bag of Oreos. So I'm very hot and cold when it comes to my physical health. Um, so I, it's the days I don't want to work out are the days I need it the most. And I feel the best after it's completed. So think about that in a sense of business. When people are like, I just wasn't feeling it last week. Well, guess what? Your bank account's not going to feel it for the next two to three weeks. So it's going to be twice as hard to kind of get back in the flow of things. And, and you're, you're hurting that audience that you're kind of building by disappearing. So that's why it's so important to schedule out your days. Like, so Mondays are typically my CEO day where I'll plan out content for a while. So on wait, those days. But wait, Monday is also the day that you get up at? Yeah, 4 a.m. <laughs> 4 a.m., that's right. Yes, I do run. Well, that's why, so that's why I made it my CEO day because I get up at 4 a.m. and I host a 4.30 and a 6 a.m. mastermind. And then I get my kid off to school and I come back, I work out. But then from that point forward, the rest of the day is mine, you know, to do whatever I need. And if the CEO day isn't what I need. It's actually a meio day, which I may have to like trademark that bad boy or something. Oh, I like that <laughs> a lot. I'm sure it's already out in the world somewhere. But if I need to just do nothing and watch television for four hours till my kid gets out of school, then I can because I've prepared in previous CEO days to actually make it a little well-oiled machine where I can take some time off. Um, so yes, yeah, scheduling is obviously a huge part of that outside piece of self-leadership. The inside piece is probably bigger than all of it because if you don't have that inner self-leadership, you can't maintain the motivation. You can't build that momentum. A lot of the times when people feel they're just like, they're, you hear them say, I'm stuck. I'm just in a rut. I tell them to go back to basics, right? Go back to the foundation that you built for yourself as a human, not just as a business owner, but as a human. So I know when I'm feeling like way off and I've been like out of the flow for a while, uh, my my basic foundation is my faith. So I will spend half a day praying, meditating, stretching, you know, talking to my higher self, talking to my vision board. Her name is V. I've, yes, I've named my vision board. <laughs> but I, I find myself needing to go back to basics. You know, it's kind of like if someone starts a diet, you're like, where do I even start? And it's like, drink some water. <laughs> like, go back to the basics and rebuild that foundation. It won't be a long time. It'll catch on quicker every time you have to do it. But that's the self-leadership is knowing that you need to go back. That's the awareness of who you are and how you work, 
and how to get yourself back on track, right? So that's awareness. And then the alignment part is a big piece too. So when we have that inner work that we're doing, we have to align it to the outer work, right? That outer leadership. And so that's about physical environment. Like, where are you working? What is your what does your work environment look like? For me, it's this office that I'm in now. Um, it doesn't motivate me. It doesn't make me want to work or doesn't make me want to, you know, watch YouTube all day. You know, <laughs> who knows, right? You know, I'll say to some people, if you are a road warrior and you're driving to a lot of places, what's your car look like? Is it a hot mess, right? Like what's your environment and what does that make you feel when you're in that environment? So that is the outward leadership. So lead what's outside of your body, right? Well, outside essentially of of your mind and spirit. Um, habits, what we do day in and day out, that routine we set for ourselves, that's still a little inner leadership, but mostly outer because it's act, it's action taking. Yeah. Um, our relationships, what, who are we surrounding ourselves with, right? Like, relationships. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what, aligning that inner to the outer is what really gets us to that consistency towards abundance. Yeah. And so when it, when you mentioned habits, what sorts of habits tend to be the ones that keep people on track? Mm. It's connecting themselves to the bigger reason why they do what they do, right? So that habit could be meditation, right? That habit could be prayer. It's prayer for me. Um, the habit that I always go to first, if I'm in a funk or even if I'm not, and I just know I need to, you know, be consistent with the things that work for me is prayer. Um, Sometimes people need to work out, right, to get the frustrations out. So a habit of moving your body or eating properly so you're fueling yourself. Um, it could be preparation. Like I'm a huge AM routine person, but the PM routine may be more important than that morning routine, right? So what you do before your head hits the pillow is probably more important than what you do first thing in the morning. Because for me, it's you're setting yourself up for that successful next day. So I lay out my workout clothes. I've got all my water set out and ready to go for the next day. Oh, the kids know what they're wearing. You know what I mean? Like there's gas in the tank. I can't tell you how many mornings I'd get in the car and that gas light comes on and my whole day is shot. <laughs> yes, I am with you. That's like, that's, that sends me yeah. right off. <laughs> and I am habitually 10 minutes late for everything. So in order for me to like fix that habit or to help myself, I have to prepare the night before. And then when my head hits the pillow, I'm usually in prayer mode again, um, just being very grateful. So those habits are usually the foundational habits that will keep us moving forward. It's not always like, you know, we brush our teeth. Of course, you got to brush your teeth, all that good stuff. Like those are habits that are ingrained in us. If we can get the other habits ingrained in us, like gratitude and prayer, meditation, um, any new things that work for you, you don't have to just like some, some people may say like, I can't meditate there's too many voices. And I'm definitely, I was one of those people. And I'm like, I hear you. I got all the voices. I turned meditation with all the voices into a conversation between me and my higher self. <laughs> there we go. That works. Yeah. That works. And now it's just one voice and we have a beautiful conversation. And she's usually like, girl, get up. <laughs> get <to work." laughs> get up. <laughs> I'm like, no, girl, you work too hard. You need to rest. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like a lot of the self-leadership is really about knowing or taking the time to reflect upon what you know that you need to be able to be successful um, and to and to know what it is, what maybe what even what success looks like for you, right? Yeah, absolutely. We can't be successful if we don't know how to define it, right? Like, and everybody defines it differently. Like success for some people are working sun up to sundown, 
going hard all day, being exhausted. That's not success to me. That's burnout and exhaustion. And that's, that's failure to me. Right. But to somebody else listening, maybe like if I close the shop and the sun's still out, that's no good. Everybody's different. Right. So once you start with defining what success looks like for you, you can reverse engineer that and, and get to what the habit looks like to get you there. Yes. Yeah. And it's being consistent with those habits. Right. And, and, and the, you know, like we said, the challenge is continuing to stay motivated to, to, to do those things, take those actions on a, on a regular basis, whether that's daily or weekly or monthly. Um, it doesn't happen overnight and it doesn't happen when you do things once often it's a building a business of any sort of any size is about consistently taking action and moving forward and taking action and moving forward. And it's not always going to be comfortable. So the more aware you can be of the way that you feel and what, you know, what kind of areas that maybe get you kind of stuck, um, the, the more capable you are, I guess, to work around them or to move through them depending. Absolutely. Some people, I loved it when that woman came out, Mel Robbins, and said like, motivation is bullshit. And I was like, what? I just earned a master's in motivation. Now you're telling me it's bullshit. But I get what she's saying, right? Like, you don't just wake up and be like, I'm motivated. Like, you have to work at being motivated. It actually takes the action to get you motivated. It's not the other way around. I'm not motivated to go to the gym, sweat, mess up my hair. No, thank you. But (laughs) when I go there, sweat, mess up my hair, I'm motivated for everything else, right? I'm motivated by the feeling, that outcome that comes after a nice sweat session, right? Like, I don't even care about my hair by the end. I'm like, I just did 8,000 squats. I'm so badass, you know? (laughs) But I feel amazing and that is motivating. So even when you don't, whatever you don't feel like doing, whether it is a workout or creating a business plan or creating a brand that you're like, I don't want to create a brand. I just want to do Pilates, (laughs) Like, okay, but do you want to run a business or do you just want to teach that somebody else's business? Because sometimes we got to ask ourselves the hard questions, right? Like, what do we actually want? And it is, it's so hard to say, well, the thing I just built isn't actually the thing I want anymore. And that's where you got to get real with yourself. Because I mean, this conversation can go in many directions, but sometimes I work with women and they're like, you know what? I actually don't like this. And I'm like, oh, girl, well, I'm not giving you a refund, but... (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, well, let's get you to what you do like. And the next right. thing you know, it's we're getting her somewhere else. And the, the ultimate goal isn't just to have a lot of money in our pocket and have a successful business. The goal is to be happy. Yes. Right? Ultimately, yes. to feel fulfilled. To feel fulfilled. To, yeah. Yes. To love 100%. what you do. I mean, God put on our heart to we're called for something. And if it's on your heart, it's there for a reason. You may just need a break from it. You may need to come at it from a different angle. You know, so, I mean, there's... There's a lot of different ways to be successful. And sometimes it's, you know, taking a break too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this was a really, really insightful conversation. I learned so much. Thank you so much for coming on, Miranda. Of course. Thank you for having me. I would love if you could share really quickly where people can find more about you and what you do. Of course. So I live on LinkedIn. So go to LinkedIn, find me, Miranda Von Frickin. I do have a website. It's under construction, but I have the old one still active. So you can still peek there, MirandaVonFrickin.com. And then again, I'm on, you know, all the other social sites too with my name. Perfect. Fantastic. And I'm going to link to all of that in the show notes as well. Thank you so much, Miranda. I hope we get to chat again soon. And this was such a fun conversation. Thank you so much. See you soon. Did you love this episode and want more? 
Head to spring3.com and check out my free resources that will help you run a profitable and fulfilling studio business. And before you go, one last reminder, there is no one way to do what you do, only your way. So whatever it is that you want to do, create or offer, you've got this. Thanks again for joining me today and have a wonderful rest of your day. Oh,